whether that be you know, uh, the Red Sea or, or obviously the Jordan River in many cases, and, uh, and then has them cross over. And when they cross over, they go from one situation to another. And it's, it's a major situation. It's not like just crossing just because I, I got to get down to Safeway before it closes, right? It's like they're crossing over because, and they're, and they're going into, a, a, they're breaking through, they're moving into new ground or a new dimension. And that's what we're examining. And so we've looked at different things. We looked at, you know, crossing over an obstacle, uh, crossing over a trap, and so on, but just, uh, you know, uh, or crossing over to a supernatural dimension. But this week we want to look at crossing over from the past. And this is really uh, uh, important for every one of us because, you know, life is what it is. You know, life is not always easy. Sometimes we get into situations, things turn, things change. Uh, things change in us. Sometimes, you know, we can go from faith to unbelief. We can go from, you know, on fire to smoking flask. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it is what it is. Come on, we've got to be honest, right? And, you know, sometimes when you can get into those situations, it's like, I'm never going to get over this barrier. I'm not going to get past this river. And it's not true. It's not true. God gives us some instructions here. No matter what the past is, whether it's, you know, the past is not like when I was 15. The past is like maybe last year, last month, maybe even last week. Maybe even right now, you're living part of that past, but you're at a point where you can cross over. Because, you know, when you, when you cross over, you cross over in one day. It only takes one day to cross over. Your life can change in one day. And it's like, well, it can't because of the past, my decisions, my situation, my, 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 all these things. And I'm not minimizing those. I'm just simply saying we serve a God who can bring people from one place to another yes. like that. Amen. So let's look cross you over from the past. Joshua, I just told you the whole study. Any questions? <laughs> yeah, we can, we can just get, <laughs> we got some coffee in the back. <laughs> Did anybody bring donuts? Yeah, that's it. We finished it. Okay, that's all right. Uh, Joshua 3, chapter 3, 3 through 11. Phil, let me line up some scripture. We got quite a few, so we'll see how many we can hook you up with here. Numbers 14, 21 through 23, Santina. Numbers 14, 25, Ken. Numbers 14, 28 through 30, Lisa. Numbers 14, 34 and 35, uh, Jose. <laughs> John 21, 3. Anyone else brave enough? Uh, Jasmine. Numbers 34, 12, Heidi. I need Joshua 3.15. Joshua 3.15. Tyson? I need, I need three more, okay? So here we go. Drum roll, please. Proverbs 13.12. Desiree? John 5.7. Rosa? One more. John 5.2. Raul? A little hesitation there, Raul, but that's okay. Amen. You, made, you got in at the bell. <laughs> That sale was going to go on for so long. <laughs> you, get, you grabbed the last one. Good guy. All right. Joshua 3, 3 through 7 is our text. Crossing over from the past. They commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 
Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spoke unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. They took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that I am not with you, so I will be with you. Okay. So... Let's look at this this morning. Let's look at the issue of the past. So a little background to the story. They're dealing with 40 years of defeat, okay? They, they, they were going to cross over at one time, sent in the spies. Spies came back, gave a bad report, stuck for 40 years. And so, you know, God, you know, obviously, he takes them out of the promised land, takes them out of sin, wants to bring them into a new life, the will of God. And, um, you know, take them into, obviously, the promised land. And so this all kind of moves forward, but uh, obviously they're stuck there 40 years. And so God's bringing judgment. Actually, they wander for 40 years. That's a long time. Like, it's as if it's never going to change. Numbers 14, 21 through 23. So God is saying what they were going to have, they are not going to have. What you could have had, you are not going to have. None of you. You're all going to die in the wilderness. Numbers 14, 25. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow turn and move out of the into the wilderness by the way of Red Sea. Okay, so this is not just a small thing. The reason why he's turning them away from the enemy is because they have no dominion because of their unbelief and because of their you know, lack of faith and disobedience, they have no dominion over their enemies. So God says, we're not going that direction. We're going the opposite direction. We're going to wander this way. And so God is navigating them in that direction. Numbers 14, 28 through 30. Okay, so he takes obviously a little bit further. What you should have had, you will not have. This is not my will for your life because you made a decision because of your unbelief, your disobedience. What you should have had, you're not going to have. Amen. In fact, you're going to have what you don't want. <laughs> you're wandering in this wilderness. You've already complained about the manna. Well, you've got another 40 years of manna. That's on the menu. And so, you know, this is what's going on with these folks. And so it's not a good time. It's, it's, it's a rough time. Numbers 14, 34, and 35.
like the Lord has spoken, and I will surely do good deeds to the whole wicked community, which have banded together against me. They will meet their end in this desert. Did you say dessert? You hungry? <laughs> it's, I know, it's spelt the same way. <laughs> Is it dessert? Desert? It's both. <laughs> Depends on how you're feeling at the moment. <laughs> and so there, there's two things that are going to happen. They're all going to die. And secondly, they're going to wander. And anyone who's going to live through this, they're going to wander for 40 years, right? In other words, for every day, every year, one year for every, every you know, uh, uh, every day, amen. They're going to wander for 40 years. It's going to be a reminder of the defeat, amen. I mean, can you imagine waiting for the last guy to die? Everybody's watching. Look at the buzzards, you know what I mean? <laughs> Flying overhead. It's like, when is Bill going to die so we can get out of this place? <laughs> we know he's the last one. Can you imagine that? Uh, anyways, I don't know if it was that dramatic, but... So this is what's going on, right? 40 years of defeat. And so the idea is simply this, as we move through this, we're looking at the issues of the past. We do suffer consequences from our bad decisions. When we don't obey God, amen, this can work in very negative ways in our own lives. And so this is the thing you've got to take into consideration. John 21, verse 3. So here he's discouraged. He's failed God, right? Failed the Lord. And he goes back on an issue that he settled years ago. Think about that. He says, I'm going fishing. But you know what? Years ago, he left all that. He left the boats. He left the nets. He left fishing to follow Jesus. And if you're not careful, when you go through these times, you can, you can go back on commitments. You can go back on things that you said you would never go back on. Go ahead. Yeah, and he pulled people with him. You're right. And so that's, those are two things that are going on here. I mean, he settled this a long time ago. You know, people, you know, people settle things in their lives. I have. I talk about it all the time. There's things in my life that are settled. But you know what? I still have to contend. I still mess up. I still fail myself. You know what I'm saying? I still repent. Amen. I, I still see issues. Of, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and, and you know what? And things are not all turning out well. Yeah, I made some decisions. Okay, has everything been roses? I don't think so. Even sometimes in spite of those decisions. And so you feel that. You feel the discouragement. Here's Peter. He's failed the Lord. Remember, you know, I will never. It's like, and so said all the rest, and so said all the rest. And so, and what does he do? You know, he fails God, and he goes back to fishing, the thing he said he would never do. And so did the others follow him. You know, what do people go back on over time? What are some of the things? Phil. Go 
You know, some people go back to the old life. They go back to carnality. They go back to, just, they just have enough religion to make it feel like it's okay. And years ago, they would never have done that because they made a decision to leave their carnality, to leave lukewarmness, to leave all these things, whatever it might have been. They've made decisions. We all have, haven't we? We've all made those decisions. Made a decision to go to church. Made a decision to give. Made a you know, we've all made those monumental decisions. I'll never go back. And so the Jordan here is, for, is a boundary. It's, it's, it's the, it borders the promised land. Every time they see it, they see the promise uh, on the other side. They're constantly reminded of what they went back on. It's, it's a constant reminder all the time of their past. That past could be just last week, last month, last few years. Number, or numbers 34, 12. So every time they see the Jordan River, it's a reminder of what they should have had, where they should be. It's a constant reminder. You know, this is a place that God said would be blessing. God said it would be a land full of milk and honey, no more manna. So there's a constant reminder, amen, of where they should be, what they should be enjoying, where they should be at in their lives. Joshua 3, verse 15. So here they are now. They're crossing over this river. But in a sense, what you're looking at here is you're looking at a picture of what, what a believer should have. They should have a, a dominion. They should have, you know, fruitfulness or favor or financial provision. This is what God is. See, now they have a dominion. The rivers roll back. They're crossing over on dry ground. It's like this is the way it should be. This is what God had for them, amen, and not just had, still has. That's the issue right there. It's not like it went away. They still, it still has it for them. That the promised land that God spoke about, amen, uh, maybe you're not there yet. You don't have it, amen, but that's the promised land. That's what we step into when we recommit. When Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you, and feed my sheep. What happened after that? He stepped into dominion. He stepped into the will of God. Even after his failure, his discouragement, even after that past moment that maybe he was reminded about even times in his own personal life, and yet, yet he, he said yes to God. He recommitted himself, if you will, to Jesus. And... He moves forward, and he has great dominion, great revival. 3,000 people got saved. Can we say envy? And so, you know, and we were talking dominion and blessing and favor. So, you know, here's God. He, he brings them to uh, the river at flood. It's the worst time of year. It's a flood stage, you know, so it's deeper. It's wider. Tree stumps and so on. Amen. And, you know, this is the discouragement sometimes when you come up against difficulties. You know, we cringe some, you know, sometimes people cringe when they hear certain sermons, like on healing. 
when they haven't been healed? How many times have you stand in prayer lines? And then all of a sudden, we're going to preach on healing tonight, and something inside goes, yeah, I wonder how, people, how many people won't get healed tonight. Something in you has turned. Instead of contending for what the Bible says. Instead of contending for what's on the other side of the Jordan River. And so it could be a lot of things. You know, it's like hearing sermons on the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. Like, yeah, right. That's just what you weirdos do. You can, you can give a great exegesis on the scriptures and the whole issue of speaking in tongues. But because you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in tongues, all of a sudden this blessing becomes now a discouragement. It's something that brings you down. Amen. You know, if all you know is defeat or wandering or barrenness or oh, the list can go on, it's easy to become demoralized. You see what I'm saying? It demoralizes us. It just makes it that much more harder to expect to stop in, to step into the promised land. Proverbs 13, 12. So there, there, there are things that you want to happen that are not happening. And as a result, you know, it produces like a sickness inside, a sickness of the heart. And like I said, you know, sometimes people backslide at this very point because what they want to see, they don't see. This gets encouraging, by the way. <laughs> Always does. John chapter 5, verse 7. You know, this has been years, 38 years this guy has been an invalid. And you know, when Jesus confronts him about getting healed and so on, you can, you can see he's lost heart. He really has no expectation to get healed now. This has been a while down the road. Every time I try, it doesn't work. Amen. And when you get to that place, it's easy to get comfortable in that place. It's easy to get comfortable in a place that God never intended you to be. Because, because in your mind, you've worked it out. You know what I'm saying? This barrier, this Jordan River is separating me from that. And unless this disappears, I'm going to live in this place and I'm going to wander in the desert because that's just the way it is. Can't you see the barrier? You don't have eyes. Can't you see the problems? Can't you see the issue? And so easy to get comfortable on this side of the Jordan, when God means for you and plans for you and gives you a promise, it's on the other side of the Jordan where you need to be. On the other side of this barrier, amen. John chapter 5, verse 2. Okay, colonnades or porches, amen. So, you know, here they believed that ever so often the angel would come down from time to time, stir the waters. And so, you know what they do? They, they actually build porches. This wasn't like something that was there. They build porches to, to remain comfortable. Say, so, well, whenever this happens, if it happens, we might as well get comfortable in what we're doing. Interesting, isn't it? Being comfortable with that which you are never intended to be comfortable with. I'm going to be uncomfortable with my, 
my, uh, my disease or my injury or my sickness. Get comfortable with my situation. Get comfortable with where I'm at right now when it was never meant to be that way in the first place. So we come to the, the point of this story. You know, the past of all these people has not been good. It's been defeat, failure. We understand that. And it's been not, it's been not entering into what God has for them. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about crossing over from the past. Whatever that past is, defeat, failure, um, broken, broken, you know, broken dreams, you know, expect, I expected more at this time. And we all have. I mean, who cannot sit down and give a story of the woes of what you expect and you don't have right now? And we can all do that. We all have our little little areas of life where we could say, yeah, well, you know, you think you got problems. Listen to mine. And off we go. But it's true, isn't it? And they're not like they're made up. They're not like they're make-believe. It's real, real. Amen. You get so stuck on that. It's like, okay, but that's not where God intends you to be. He intends for you and I to cross over from the past, not to drag it by a ball and chain and have it affect my life every day. It's like, no. I'm not going back to fishing. I'm not going back to the comfortable. I'm going to carry on to what God has for me, even when I don't have it. Isn't that what faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's where I want to live. So let's look at, secondly, God's will. Any questions? Any comments? Any input? Output? (laughs) Is anybody getting anything out of this? (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Let's move on. God's will. Let's line up a few more scriptures. Help me out. Joshua 3, 5. Ken, I need Jude. Jude. Judges. <laughs> Looks the same, but Judge. It's like a desert and dessert, huh? <laughs> That's the English language. <laughs> Judges 6, 11, and 12. Santina? I need Judges 6, 14. Uh, Jasmine? I need John 5, 6, Phil. I need Luke 5, 4 through 6, Abigail. Luke 5, 4 through 6. And I need Joshua 3, 5, the second time. Who got that the first time? Okay, just read it a second time for me, okay? We'll look at it, we'll look at it from two different angles. So let's look secondly at God's will. And so he wants us to cross over into his will, right? Be that his promises or blessing or favor or fruitfulness or provision or wherever you're at, whatever you're not experiencing right now, that promises that you know you're you're looking at could be a million different things, but you know, because there's a lot of promises in the Bible. But you here you are, you're you're stuck on this side, but he wants you to cross over into his will. Joshua 3 5. Interesting. God sees time differently. After 40 years, right, of defeat, after 40 years of failure, failure, God sees tomorrow it will change. I, I, you got to see that. Amen. I mean, you know, people say, well, yeah, but you don't know how long I've been married for. I know, but tomorrow it can change. Right? <laughs> it's true, okay? It's true, okay? <laughs> Believe me. Tomorrow it can change. But you don't know how long I've been living with this drought in my finances. Tomorrow it changes. Tomorrow we're crossing over. 
See, God sees time differently. Sometimes we look at it and say, but you don't know how long I've been dealing with this. It will change. God says, tomorrow, this 40 years is going to be behind us. God can change 40 years in one day. He can change the conditions of this in one day to be the conditions of this. In other words, you can be experiencing the condition of God's promises like that one day. He can turn the tide. Amen. It's not God's will that you stay on this side of the Jordan. That's the part you got to get in your head. It's, you know, if you failed, uh, you've been defeated, you know, sometime, amen. God says it's time to move on. You've got to come to that. You've got to get up sometimes and just say, you know, it's time to move on. My Bible says, you know what, God has things for me. My today can be different than my yesterday. My today is my yesterday's tomorrow. I can get up in the morning and say, no, this is my tomorrow. That was yesterday. That was the 40 years. But today, I'm crossing over. And God says, you know what, I'm on board with that. Because that's not my will. This is. Start expecting it. Start hoping for it. Start believing God for it again. That's how we live. How do you live this long? You live by faith. The just shall live by faith. I don't care how long you've been living for God for. You still live by faith. I still see things that, you know, I'm still in the desert. It's like, God, we're in the desert on this one. Okay, but that's not my will. Okay. If I know that, I can live with that. I can hope for tomorrow. Santina. Thank you. <laughs> I keep telling myself that every day. <laughs> Judges 6, 11, and 12. Okay, so he's talking to Gideon. But remember, Gideon's part of the problem. Okay, God, Gideon's not like this supercharged individual. He's part of the problem for the last seven years. Amen. And yet God says, Gideon, it's time to move on. You see, but I'm part of the problem. Well, it's no doubt you are. <laughs> you know, sometimes my situation is because my unbelief, my doubt, my laziness, my uh, disappointment, my discouragement. My, I am part of the problem. But that doesn't change anything. God can come to me and say, oh, mighty man of valor. It's like, what? <laughs> There's somebody else in the room. <laughs> I'm talking to you. I can change it now. Judges um, 6.14. Just remember, the past does not determine your future. It only determines your future if you let it. It does not determine your future. It's different than your future if you start believing God. It does not determine it. Santina? Well, there you go. Does he believe it, though? <laughs> just, 
he's still handcuffed, got the ball and chain on, said, don't believe the hat. <laughs> I got it on sale at Walmart. Oh, no. No, your past doesn't determine your future. You're absolutely right. Judges 5, verse 6. Oh, John 5, verse 6. Thirty-eight years is a long time. It really is. Thirty-eight years is a long time. But not to God. After thirty-eight years, he doesn't go, oh, wow. It's pretty much set in, isn't it? You probably can't even walk right, even if you were got healed. <laughs> you probably still walk with that limp, won't you? No, not Jesus. He walks on the scene. Thirty-eight years means nothing. Do you want to be made well now? I can change this. Right now, amen. The past does not determine your future. In many ways, you determine that. Well, yeah, period. You determine it. When you start laying hold of God and saying, enough is enough. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, then feed my sheep. Isn't that what I called you to do? I called you for that three and a half years ago. You're stuck now on a boat. Do you love me? Of course you know I love you. Feed my sheep. And he went on to do that very thing, became the man of God that he was called to be. He crossed over. Amen. See, God is able to change us. He's able to change the factors of our lives. Amen. He wants to help us to cross over into his will. And he wants to bring blessing. He wants to bring victory. He's the one that met Peter on the beach. Peter didn't go to see him. He went to see Peter. Many times God does that to us, right? He does it in sermons. I mean, I'm sitting in a week of conference, and it's like, I didn't go to him. Okay, I'm there. But in reality, I didn't go to him. He was coming to me. He was coming to me. Do you, do you believe this? Simple things. Just simple things. It's not a, we're not going to conference and getting these com, complex situations. It's just simple things. Do you still believe this? I said, whoa. He came to me. Luke 5, 4 and 6, 4 through 6. So this is what God does. God's saying, I am able. There are times that God can quickly turn things around, very quickly. Joshua 3, verse 5. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Okay, so again, after 40 years, he changed it all in one day. Tomorrow, I can change all this. All of a sudden, they, I mean, think about it. They leave the promise, they leave the wandering of the wilderness, the manna stops. I mean, everything changes. Their diet changes, scenery changes, everything changes. They got victory, they got dominion. The people are running after their, running around in circles because God has sent out the word that they're coming. The fear of you has been on us for a long time because God is at work. They stepped into a whole new world, amen. And God can reach into your situation that's been hopeless for who knows how long and change it all. 
It's just that simple. This is what he's showing us. If you're in the wilderness of defeat, unbelief, uh, sin, failure, uh, you name it, you know, disobedience, he still says, it's not my will to be here. I mean, you're there because you're, you're, you're problems, but it's like, okay, but you got to, first of all, you got to stand up and say, but it's not your will, God. I mean, okay, it's my defeat, it's my unbelief, it's my failure, it's my, you know, disobedience. And God says, yeah, absolutely, but it's still not my will. He can turn that around, amen. And so, whatever it might be, amen, the point is, you've got to cross over. That's the point. You're on the wrong side of the Jordan. And God gets involved. If you'll get involved, God will get involved and help you to cross over. He's the one that parted the, Red, the Jordan River. Dried the, ride the ground, right? That's what he'll do for you and I, amen. Crossing over into the promised land. That's what his, that's what his will is, even if you're not there right now. Yeah, well, yeah, I know, but it's still his will. And that's what you've got to click into. Say, this is not his will, that is. That's where my sights are focused. Any thoughts this morning? Lisa? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Anyone else? Let's look at crossing over, because that's where we're going. Let's line up a few more scriptures. I need Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. Lisa? I need Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Ken? I need Matthew 9, 28 and 29. Phil? Uh... Pia, you can get me Joshua 3, 3 and 4. I need Joshua 3, verse 17. Uh, Rosa, I need Joshua 3, 10 and 11. Santina, and lastly, I need Joshua 4, verse 7. Joshua 4, verse 7. Desiree. Okay. Okay, so obviously we know that the issue is always going to come down to you believing God. 
that's really what it, it's. It's a choice. It's a choice to believe God. I, you know, it, it's, it always comes down to that, doesn't it? Hebrews chapter three, verse nineteen. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. So God is literally saying, "This is why they wandered." Amen. This is why they died in the desert because they would not believe. Yes, it's it, it's unbelief. Unbelief is disobedience. But that was the issue. That was the choice they made. They chose not to believe God. And it is a choice, you know, because sometimes we can mess with our own heads. Go, well, you know, I'm not choosing to believe God, but yes, you are. You're not choosing to believe him. You're choosing to believe your circumstances. You're choosing to believe the 38 years that you, you know, you can't get off fast enough to get into the water. You're choosing the 40 years of wandering. This is what life is. This is the way it's always been. You don't know how, you don't know my situation. And we can go on and on and on. But the issue here is you have to choose to believe God. Hebrews 4.2. Hebrews 4.2. Two. Four two. So you've got to understand that faith is the key component. Like this morning, I'm not telling you anything new, right? This is not like, oh. It's like it's all the same. I'm, I'm saying words that you've probably heard different ways over 100 times. They heard the thing too. They heard the same thing I'm saying this morning. But you see, what I'm saying this morning means nothing unless you mix it with faith. True with me. I, you know, it's true with me. I have to take these same words. I know this. I know this backwards and forwards. I know exactly what I'm talking about before it even comes out of my mouth. I'm not like learning something here. But you know what? It's faith is the key component. If I don't put faith in what God says, then I'm going to miss everything. Amen. And so... The issue is now is 40 years on, are you going to add faith to what I said 40 years ago? It's really what is, you know, in spite of all that's gone on, are, are you now willing to mix faith with what I said and what I'm saying? Matthew 9, 28 and 29. So this is the question that God asked every one of us, right? Do you believe that I can do this? That's what, do you believe I can deliver? Do you believe I can heal? Do you believe I can prepare a table in the wilderness? Do you believe I can provide? Do you believe, amen, that I can, that I can do what I say I can do? That's basically really what it comes down to. It never, it never changes, does it? Do you believe I can save? And the list goes on and on. So God insists that his people focus on him. Go ahead.
Yeah. Yeah, God knows what he's working with, doesn't he? <laughs> and he still works with us. It's like, I think I would have been frustrated a long time ago, but he's not for some reason. He's, he's God. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the answer. He's God. Phil? Yeah, because that's what drifting is, isn't it? It's not like you're on a speedboat <laughs> heading for the falls. No, you're drifting, and you don't realize the scenery is changing around you. And then all of a sudden, you turn around and go, oh, my goodness. It's like Niagara Falls, right? The mist goes up for miles. You turn around, and you go, whoa. <laughs> we didn't see that. But you didn't know because you were simply drifting. Drifting is real. I lived that one. Joshua 3, 3 and 4. So think about what God is saying here, just in those two verses. He's very insistent that they see the ark. Don't get too close to it, because you get too close to it. You know, nobody's going to, you know, these guys are not that big. They're holding up the ark. He wants people to be a certain distance away. He wants everybody to see the ark. He doesn't want you to miss that. And the ark, obviously, we know, is the very presence of God. It, it's he wants us to focus on the presence of God. In other words, and what God can do, amen. Because he, at the end of the day, when we decide to focus that direction, he's the only one that can bring me to the other side. It's when I decide that I'm going to choose to believe you, knowing that I don't have any strength in myself. It's like, you know, okay, I believe you. Now what am I going to do? I still can't get to the other side. God says that's the point. Your focus is on me. Amen. I am the answer to solving your defeat. I'm the answer to removing that hidden barrier in your mind, in your life, in your heart. In this case, it wasn't hidden. It was a water, body of water, very real. And that's what he wants us to focus on. Joshua 3.17. And so again, just, just adding to it, he makes every one of them walk past that ark. Not too close, because he wants everyone to see the presence of God. He wants them, that to be the focus. In other words, as you're walking by, God is helping me. God is, he's, he's making this happen. Wall of water, dry ground, God. Amen. You see, the thing is, you choose in life what to focus on. Isn't that the key? You choose in life what to focus on. 
Sometimes you can come and hear a sermon. And you know all the sermon does is change your focus. You go to conference, it's like, oh, that conference was so wonderful. You just change your focus. You heard things, little simple things. And that's what I noticed, you know, as I'm, I don't take a lot of notes these days, but as I'm just writing things down, I'm thinking, this is like 101. It's just those simple things. And all he's doing is he's getting me to focus on what he wants, uh, what I should be focusing on. Get my eyes off the problems. Get my eyes off of my, myself, amen, which is discouraging. Get my eyes off of these things and focus on those simple things. God, there's nothing impossible for you. And that's what happens. We hear the word of God preach, and it's like, it just changes the focus. Just changes the focus. You know, we sang that song. We don't sing it here, but they sang it in the Baptist church a lot. I remember a lot of things going back in my mind, you know. We used to sing in this one Baptist church, and uh, I didn't, because I was just a little rebel. <laughs> I sit there and stare at the book. <laughs> so if you're just a kid and you're staring at the book, we know where you're at. <laughs> God help you, you need to get saved. But, but we'd, sing it, we'd sing that song, Count your blessings, name them one by one. And then the song goes into a crescendo. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings see the Lord has done. You know, and I always <laughs> and I can always remember this one lady. His name was, her name was Mrs. Kunzeman, I think, or something like that. It's a weird long name. And she would sing so loud. And she was singing at such a high pitch, that's all you could hear. It used to drive me crazy. It's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like this lady at all. You know, sometimes we sing count your problems, right? <laughs> we sing it just as loud. Count my problems. Look at my miserable life. Look at all my problems. See what I have done. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's like we do. And, uh, you know, this whole thing started when the ten spies could only see problems. Joshua 3. 10 and 11. Listen, your life changes with your focus. Your problems are not going to go away. The Hittites, the Girgashites, the all the shites are going to be there. Amen. That's that's actually a it's actually a dirty word in England. <laughs> I just thought of that. It never came to my mind until I just said it. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I just cussed I just cussed in Scottish. I'll just let you know that. <laughs> Anyways, you can probably get the gist. We won't say that again. <laughs> well, we might, but <laughs> not on purpose. Okay, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a that was like oh my I never saw that before. <laughs> I don't know if that was revelation <laughs> or my old nature coming back. Oh my god, to the to the surface. <laughs> it's never too far away, is it? <laughs> it's like right there. Anyways, let's get off of that. The enemy is not going to go away. All these guys are not going to leave. Amen. And so, you know what? Hey, 
Put your focus on God. Put your focus on the promises. That's why he's reminding them that. These guys are still there. Oh, that was wonderful. These guys are still there. Joshua 4, verse 7. Okay, so there you are. They're in the middle, total dry ground. They make a monument to what? To what God has done or what God can do. That's the monument you have to make this morning. Amen. We can do all things, right, through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Amen. God's will is that you cross over. That's the bottom line. God's will is that you cross over. Where do you find yourself? Which side of the Jordan when it comes to your finances, healing, uh, love for God? I mean, you know, there's just all those things. Which side are you on? Well, God says you need to cross over to my promises, to what I have for you, my will. That's my will. My will is that you cross over. And there'll be a lot of barriers, right? Because the enemies are still there. That was the verse we just read before that. They're all there. That doesn't change. All the problems just don't go away. God just brings us through the barriers. He brings us through these things to his will and what he has for us. Any thoughts this morning? Ernie. Yeah. You forgave me. We need to forgive. Right. Yeah, problems are never really that far off that you can't find them. <laughs> you know, whether it's with people, the church, me, you, you know, it's like, you know, it's not like, you know, you got to think about problems. You can probably just go and think about a problem because <laughs> that's just the world we live in. It's just the way it is. The, the point is what God can do in this and change my focus. Lisa, do you have a hand? Yeah. And now you're doing it by yourself, you know, instead of having God right there in the, in the battle with you and helping you. Yeah, absolutely. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Lord bless you. Let's get ready for church.